0: Hello to anyone listening. We forgot to record the introduction, so I'm adding it after the fact. Uh, you're listening to the Neighborhood Radio. This is the Extra Extra Community front page segment where we uh, interview uh, artists of all kinds. And we were very happy to have newfound interests in Connecticut on. Mark and Matt were super insightful. We just want I just want to say again, very much appreciate them taking their time. And thank you for listening. So, yeah. On to the, onto the show. Neighborhood
1: Radio. What subject
2: do you teach, generally?
1: Um, so, my two main ones uh, are English and Math, and yeah. when I started teaching, it was mainly English, like English yeah. Literature, but now, oh, awesome. lately, it's been almost all Math, Yeah. Uh, yeah so right. I just gotta take what I can yeah. get.
2: I, I used to really, like, when I was like in high school, it was my dream job to be an English teacher. Mm. Oh, yeah. 'Cause um it was my English teacher was like my favorite teacher at school. Um same, and I loved it. Same. And um it and it just sort of inspired me. I was like, the way that I love this English teacher and the way that he makes me like want to come to school every day, I was like, I wanna be in, in twenty years. Um how's that going? <laughs> Um, no, I ended up, I did a single semester of teaching and then decided it wasn't for me. <laughs> um, so I really, ended that's up. That's a
1: very common experience.
2: Yeah. yeah, so I ended up to, um, HR. Um, just because it sort of had that similar, uh, thing of like helping people and being there for people and whatever. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah for sure. So. Um, Matt's asking. It's giving a message that he has to be a member for ten minutes before he can ask to join the stage. Really? I don't that's know if that's. A really. Thing.
2: That's
0: a, that, that, I guess that's a Discord thing
2: Yeah, we've never never heard of that. Hang on. But I don't see him uh, in the audience
1: either. Weird. Maybe you just not so, him, yeah, like, is... like literally not letting him
2: join the audience. Hang on, I'm gonna. What? get That's a pain. Um, is is real available Rick, do you know? Uh, no. Damn. That is a massive pain. Hang on, give me a second. I'm just going to Google this. Yeah, I know oh, it. I don't know, but I just Googled it and it looks like it's an optional thing that people were asking. Like, I found a Reddit post asking, like, how to, um, how to set it so that you have to wait 10 minutes. Um, and, um, so, I don't know what
0: made you uh, decide to be a teacher
1: <sighs> um, it's a couple things one it was like I liked English and math and so there's not a lot you can do with that weird combo but then my favorite job in high school was a summer camp counselor yeah and it's just like how could I do this but in a more sustainable like sustainable way. Work- I liked working with teenagers even back then, Yeah. so it kind of became the goal out of that. Mm.
2: Yeah, this is probably like a bit of a cliche question, but how come you're not a music teacher?
1: Because <laughs> I was like the, and Matt will tell you this, I'm like by far the least actually musically talented in the band, so like the rest of yeah. them are these musical geniuses and I was like, I picked the bass because A, nobody played bass. <laughs> And B, it's like, it's, it's one note at a time, right? Like, unless you're getting to like, it's um, like, you know, no yeah. chords, none of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No,
2: I, um, I used to be like, I'm not, a, uh, don't play any instruments myself, but I was friends with a lot of band, like kids who were in bands in high school. And, um, when people, when battle of the bands would come around and people would start forming bands, I remember hearing like lots of kids picking bass, um, because all I'd had to do is play one note, like <laughs> every, yeah. every now and then, um,
1: but and no one and like feel, it's the lowest it's the hardest instrument to to pick out for for just a regular mm-hmm. audience member so you can kind of your mistakes aren't mm-hmm. as obvious and mm-hmm. yeah the old yeah. the old joke the the band would say is like cuz i sort of tried to compensate on stage by being like the crazy one who's jumping around mm-hmm. and doing and 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 so oftentimes my cable would come unplugged and the guys would like joke about how sometimes they they'd wait a few minutes to tell me because it was sounding better <laughs>
2: you know yeah yeah right yeah but I mean I, th- I think it's kind of underappreciated though like there's a lot of uh like like I have a friend who's a bass player he's a fantastic bass player um and he gave me like a new appreciation for like what the bass brings to oh, like no, for, yeah, the overall sound sure. um and like, like, uh, are you familiar with Thundercat? Yeah, 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 it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, like again, yeah, I feel like Thundercat has done a lot for um, bringing bass to like the forefront of music and like helping sort of people understand what um, that thing. But like, and but it's um, like for me, with like, and uh, like my favorite song off the album is um, and started sharing stories, and I feel like the bass line is like really prominent, like one of the first things that. Um, oh, thank you really you. pick pick up with that song.
1: I um, lo- I love that bassline too, and then we yeah. we sort of um, copy the bassline with the vocals too, or we we um, follow it as well. Yeah, yeah. no, that was. It, it, oh wait, no wait, 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 wait. It started, I always get the since they are all connected, it goes. Wait, hmm. it goes. So, so and information. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of Then They Kissed. Start sharing stories. Yeah. the second one. That's, yeah, Matt yeah. wrote that bass line yeah. for me. Uh, yeah. He says he has 1 minute 40 left on the countdown. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, yeah, 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 that's, that's very, that's one of our few songs that's very bass-driven, like aggressive yeah. bass.
2: Like that, boom,
1: boom, boom, yeah. Though the I one like part it. I did come up with that for that song, I came up with the slowdown at the end. He gave me the bass line. He structured the song, but then I I came up with a. Yeah. I think this thing will sound really good if we just slow down the notes as we close out that song.
2: You know, a funny story. That song actually got me a date on Tinder, um, because Ooh. I matched with I matched, I matched with a girl. Um, and in her bio, she was like, um, "If you can send me a song that I've never heard of and that I love, like oh, I will go on a date with you." Um, and so, and then she said that she was really into emo music um and i was like oh okay so like i sent her that and then she's like all right uh drinks on me and i'm like hey (laughs) yeah that's
1: a very that's a that's a pretty specific vibe to send to a girl because it's not like i don't know it's not a very romantic song right Mm. like yeah you're kind of like um, guessing that 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 specific vibe would work so that's a
2: good yeah good on you so yeah yeah, I noticed, like, in her top artists, she had, like, uh, My Chemical Romance, um, The Get Up Kids, um, and a few others. Um, <laughs>
0: Makes you a red flag. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, I think she had um, Weezer and, yeah, a few bands like that. So I was like, like, yeah, I feel like this The Venn the
1: diagram's there.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 So, like, your personal music taste, like, what kind of stuff day-to-day do you sort of normally, like, listen to?
1: Um, it's a good question. I mean, I think all of us, I can't speak for Matt, but I, from what I, I'm pretty sure we, we'd say, I mean, I could see him in the audience. Yeah. Um, most of us have drifted away from, I think, I think it's a normal thing when you get older to listen to less mm-hmm. of the stuff you listen to in your youth. Oh, so definitely, it's yeah. definitely not nearly as much of the emo, um, mm-hmm. Southwest stuff like um, let me just try, try to think of what i've been listening to lately um
2: what about um uh,
1: hang newer on. artists? <laughs> right. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah 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 um matt you I'm should be able just to just join up. as a speaker um <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't have to request because i've given you a role a special role to um let you just join um, do you listen sorry yeah. I was just going to say, like, do you listen to much like modern hip hop at all?
1: Uh, yeah, a bit. Like, i really like Kendrick, um, yep. cool. my, my students are impressed when I know, like who, when I knew who ice spice was this year, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, um, I, uh, you ever is a really great, uh, rapper out of Chicago, Serengeti he's uh oh serengeti yeah he's, he's crazy awesome. prolific but some of it's almost too much but there's mm. so there's a couple of the albums are just incredible
2: hey um have you heard his album with Sufjan stevens Welcome no i stage. never
1: actually listened to that even though yeah. even though some of Sufjan's are some of my favorite albums mm. i never actually i just it's one of those ones where you read a couple of reviews and it doesn't sound good and you're like i have mm. such high opinion of mm-hmm. these guys i don't mm-hmm. want to hear a project yeah. that's not actually going to be good yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I sort of had the same feeling it. about it, but yeah.
1: Because awesome. there was like a super group. There was a few other people in it too, right?
2: Yeah, so there was Sunlux, uh, Sufion and yeah. Serengeti, I think. Yeah, and I love um, all those
1: is, artists individually.
2: Yeah, which is a crazy combination, but I feel like it's the sort of um, sort of group where it's like their individual sounds like are so unique and so different that it's yes. hard to... It's hard to have enough of each artist to feel satisfying,
1: or to find some new sound that's a combination. Yeah, and then if mm. they do find a new found, then sound that's a combination, a lot of I could imagine a lot of the audience will be disappointed. Oh, this, you know, I'm a Sufjan fan and I don't hear any, you know, it is Sufjan mm-hmm. sound. Yeah, it's such a tough, tough. Uh, yeah. Road to
2: follow. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. It's um. Are you? I also saw, like, in the newfound Discord the other day, you mentioned that you were into Cloud Dead.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old Anticon stuff uh, was a, a big thing for me and my wife too. Like, we both mm. um, share a strong uh, a love for a lot of Wise early albums, and he was mm-hmm. sort of a fringe member of Cloud Dead. I feel like, mm. he, yeah. or at least featured on some of their songs, and then Baths yeah. too. They got mm. a bun- a few great albums on that al- on that on that label, and they got Cloud mm. Dead as well. Like, so my yeah. wife and I met through the band. Uh, she hosted a radio show at uh, her, her her university, mm. and um, she interviewed us when we were in her town. Um, but yeah, then one of the albums she played on a radio show and got me into is one of the Cloud Dead albums. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so it's, the one with the cotton candy, cotton, cotton candy. Yeah. done any way you like it. Oh. Yeah, I
2: need to, I, I, I re-listened to the, their self-titled album yesterday, um, and like, I just forgot like how awesome it was.
0: Uh, audience member asks, <laughs> which university was
1: it? Odd that was at Western. Yes. Yeah, I was at U of T, and she was at Western at the time. Who's this? Is I can yeah. hear you, Matt, I think. I can hear you clicking. <laughs> nice. A few of my, uh, a few of my students got into Guelph. Uh, my grade twelves. How long have you been teaching? Uh, like ten years in total. But it's been a weird journey. In that, like, only in the past two years do I have like a stable full-time teaching gig. So it was like a, a long winding road for me to from the end of my uh, training to actually being a full-time teacher. I can't... He- no, no. Matt's asking if I can hear him talking. I I can't. Nobody else can, we right? Can't
0: He's muted not- right now, but when his mic was on, we could hear him.
2: Yeah. Can hear a little bit, yeah. I heard,
0: I heard... Yeah, I heard the clicking.
2: Like a pen. Okay, I let him know. So uh, so is are you and Matt like the main ones that are still in contact after um the band broke up or
1: No, no we we've all stayed in pretty good contact. so Matt uh, and Moshe um have played in a number of bands together since yeah, uh, so uh they see each other all the time uh, at band practice, and uh, they've played in uh, absolutely free and before that was day month year. Yeah. Uh, so they're in constant contact. Um, Gary, who I started Newfound with, um, he does some solo stuff, but he left for a few years to Budapest. Um, okay. Yeah, and he just recently came back. And then Matt Doherty, um, for a few years was living in uh, in Ireland and then Oxford, uh, Oxford, England. And he recently just moved back. So. Um, this calendar year is the first year in about 10 where we're all in Ontario again but yeah. through the whole time there's been just various chats I visited we all I think at some point visited each other in different countries and so we're all still good friends and yeah, yeah there's no bad blood or anything
2: awesome
0: how much have yeah, you I know it.
1: Matt, Matt even <clears throat> recently played Gary was uh, wanted to do some shows for solo stuff so Matt Helped him out and played bass on, for some of his shows. Our old drummer ended up um, playing with him as well, so it's like, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a tight, uh, good friend group. Like, yeah, these guys were all the groomsmen of my wedding. Like, we're all we're all tight.
0: Aww. it's good that it stays together yeah. through all that long time. Cause like, man, time can drift anyone apart.
1: Seriously, it's wild. Yep. It and it gets it's it's. it's, it's like, you see each other less and less, but if you're... That's a, sort of a measure of friendship, right? That, like, you don't... It's uh, when you be, if you're You a real friend, you don't... Yeah. Even if you don't see each other in a few years, I think, it's... Golden.
2: I think we can hear you now, Matt. Hello.
1: Welcome Look.
0: to the Neighborhood Radio.
1: Maybe. Click.
2: Getting Click. some clicking.
0: <laughs> As and Rolling Stone, Hello. correct, Wes? the 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 one sentence mention
2: (laughs) yeah um the the uh rapper who sort of is the main uh i guess the the person who sort of created this server he um did an interview in rolling stone um about this server um and he uh, mentioned our radio show um, and since then we've just been milking it <laughs> for like every yeah. <laughs> every little um, every every little bit we can get So uh, that's
1: Brockhampton Brockhampton that right?
2: yeah 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 you ever heard of them?
1: I've heard of them I never actually listened to anything though. Where would you recommend yeah, okay. they start?
2: <clears throat> um,
1: I think I feel the like...
2: album Iridescence.
0: It's, that, see, Iridescence, I think, is a very... Uh, how do you call it? Uh, uh, what's the word? Ambitious album. And if you want to yeah. see, like, what they're creatively capable of, even if you don't, might not like it, you can see, like, how, yeah. like, uh, creative they so really the, are the thi- there. The, the, but I the, think set One thing would be a yeah. good one because they have mm. such a wide range of sounds on that
2: one. The, the thing with Brockhampton is they... Pretty much any genre you can make think of that is adjacent to hip hop, like they've made it. Yeah. Um, like, there's lots of like R and B. There's like a lot of like uh, experimental, like heavy stuff that's more like on the screamo side. Um, there's like really soft like love songs. There's like heaps of like really fast like rapping songs. Like, yeah. Um, it's just, just yeah. There's like a very, uh, very, very wide range a of sounds group of young people it, in, and, and, and you, you
0: hear it through the music like
2: mm-hmm. I, I think
0: that one would be a great jump into it because it starts yeah which uh, is yeah,
2: Sat- yeah saturation um is yeah their first album um, okay and it starts off with like a he- borderline like heavy metal like punk kind of a song um and then it goes into like a more typical rap song um, and there's also some like Justin Timberlake-esque like R&B on there um, and some indie rock kind of stuff. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's just all over the place, <laughs> um, but yeah, they're um, really, really awesome. Now one of, one of my questions as well um, is whether or not you are aware, like listen to any or aware of any bands, like new bands that are influenced by Newfound interests
1: um sorry my son wants to say hi Bye. <laughs> hello
2: hello
1: hi
0: how
2: are you
1: for Beth, yeah Yay. i think he'll he'll show you his nerf gun then he'll get ready for bed awesome <laughs> awesome oh. look at that big old spell. hell yeah i loved i loved nerf guns when i was that age <laughs> i had so many that's one of the guys's
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay remind me of the question again <laughs>
2: Um, like whether you listen to any of like so I I know a yeah, few yeah. modern artists that are like influenced by it and you found interest. I was just wondering if you were personally into or aware of any
1: any other. Um, you know. it's hard because like I, I I don't know directly. Like there's at one point one of the I think it was Moshe said that he read on somebody's Tumblr interview that one of the people in um, The World is a Beautiful Place and I'm Not Afraid to Die mentioned this in an interview. I've never been able to actually find that interview, but it's a great band. Like I was already listening to them Uh, as one of the few sort of emo Jason bands that I kept up with, so that Mm -hmm. was cool. And I I don't know if it was you in the newfound discord, Um, but somebody recently had brought up, who is that amazing Korean band? Or is it, I, um... Yeah, yeah. I, I remember m- mentioning the artist Paranel? called Asian Glow. Paranol? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I listened to a lot of Paranol. And, and, and so, mm. um, it was you that had mentioned that?
2: Yeah, yeah. That I they had mentioned you in an interview? That sounds like something I'd, I'd mention. Yeah. Because <laughs> Par- <laughs> I love, I love Paranol. Like, they're
1: probably my favorite artist of all time. Um, so, yeah, then that blew my mind. Because that's the case mm. where it's not like, um... I had read an interview that they'd mentioned us and I'm like, okay, I'll go check them out. It was the other way around where yeah. I'd read a, I still read Pitchfork. I said, yeah. read a review of it on Pitchfork. I, oh, this sounds like something I'd like. I listened to, um, their album and it is incredible. And then to find out later that, that Newfound might've influenced in some ways. It's fantastic. Yeah. Cause I know
2: there's, um, so paranormal like, so there's this whole like South Korean, um, emo scene that's like blown yeah. up at the moment. Um, there's another artist called Asian Glow um, and he lists the EP um, as one of his biggest um, influences, not even the album that's a deep, deep um, which I found really interesting yeah, um... same with
1: us anybody, anybody who likes the EP for us, this is confounding, but uh, so many people, so many people have reached out being like uh, it, it, it uh, resonates as much or more than the album so it's mm. just like Something that we as uh have such complicated feelings about it that we hadn't even considered that that would be like a, a possibility, but you know, mm. everybody has their own experience and their own taste, and, and we're not yeah. gonna judge,
2: yeah. Uh, uh, that's actually, yeah, that's actually how I got into you guys because Asian Glow said that were a big influence, um, and then I was like, oh, cool, um, I'm gonna check them out, and I listened to the album. And then I sent the out, al- sent my favorite song in, and then he was like, "Oh no, it wasn't actually the album that, uh, that influenced me."
1: <laughs> um,
2: um. And I'm like, "Oh, okay." And then, yeah, got into the EP, and because it's it's interesting as well, like how much the EP has like such a different sound. Um. Mm-hmm.
1: From it's, uh, yeah. It. Yeah. It was... no,
0: I, I. I see. Yeah. I see his hands up. It's not like letting me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I see that hand too. Uh, I just
2: got a message from him saying there's no audio. I was going to try downloading Discord on his phone. Um
1: cool. <laughs> um oh, just as yeah.
2: All right. So I'm going to get so what I'm going to get up now. So um as you might have seen I I created a Q&A um yes so i got some people members of the server to ask some questions so um just got that open up in front of me so the first question is from a server member called sketchy uh sketchy's canadian as well and sketchy was just wondering <laughs> nice. uh what your favorite item from tim hortons
1: is <laughs> it's funny but tim hortons is probably my i think that's my first job um and so within a week of working there uh i, I within a week i could eat a donut anymore just because like, <laughs> yeah, it's so rich. And after just eating a donut every shift, you kind of get sick of it. Mm. And plus, I'm not a big sweets guy, anyways. Yeah. So um, after a while working there too, they started changing the rules on us about what we were allowed to eat for free. Yeah. Um, oh, rough. So, but then we found we found workarounds. So, uh, so like we were allowed coffee and donuts. I think were the two things that we were allowed to have for free. Um, so then, if we wanted a soup, we would just put it in a coffee cup and just be sipping our coffee as we worked, right? Mm. So, uh, but nowadays, so that's back when I was like 14 or whatever. Um, nowadays, for an item at Tim Hortons, probably the Red Eye Ice Cap is what I get more reg most regularly. So it's a ice cappuccino, which I still don't understand what that slurry is. It's not really. It's just called ice cappuccino name, but I have no idea what's actually in it. But then a, to be a red eye, you put a shot of espresso in there. Um, that's the one I still order the most regularly when I'm there. I'm a big coffee yeah. addict. Oh.
0: I was about to ask, are you a big caffeine guy? <laughs> Obviously, oh, yeah. as a teacher, you got to be.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife used to be a barista, in like, yeah, no. I work the yeah, so uh, it- stove top. Is- so go ahead.
2: Uh, I was just gonna say, like, I'm not a big coffee guy at all. I probably drink it like twice a year. Alright. <laughs> but people always think I'm crazy for that.
1: No, Moshe is the same. The drummer Moshe, he doesn't. He's even switched over to the. Um, oh, what's it called? The dandelion coffee, which I can't do. Yeah, dandelion coffee. Like, because he, he, he gets too much, I think, anxiety from drinking anything caffeine in it. Yeah yeah i'm the same i'm the same i um
2: i like literally about two weeks ago i um stayed up until 5 a.m and i had work at 9 a.m um and so i got to work and i smashed down a few coffees and i was an anxious wreck for the rest of the day um and i haven't really had coffee since then um oh man to be
1: young i remember the days of doing stuff like that those are long gone (laughs)
2: Oh, I'll never forget. I'll never forget my worst time like that. Um, so I, I was at a friend's house. Um, we had a party, and I was drinking um, until about until about uh, five thirty, I reckon. And I started at work at eight forty-five, um, and I was working at a cinema at this point. Um, and um, it was when it was uh, when COVID had just hit, um, and we still had to do temperature checks before work. Um, and when I got to work, my manager was like. Oh, uh, he looked at us and he's like everyone like don't forget to do your temperature checks and then he looks at me and he's like and uh zeke don't forget to do a breathalyzer before you start <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> and i'm like do i really look that do i really look that that true wow. um but yes yeah, so that was kind of kind of bad but um <laughs> but, Wait, yeah, the temperature
1: check thing never really happened here like yeah. as a teacher we had to jump through so many hoops in terms of COVID, mm. but uh, temperature checks never really took off in Canada, or yeah. from, at least from what I could tell.
2: It's probably uh, probably My too cold for anyone anyone to reach the, <laughs> the temperature <Yeah. laughs> required. Um, so the next next question um, we had was um, what were some popular tunings that you used and that were popular in the
1: scene? See, this is where you need Matt. Uh, yeah. The one I, I know for the one I know is that Gary would play a lot of drop D. Um, okay. uh, but beyond that, like, I'm not tooting my bass in any strange way, <laughs> um, but that reminds me, let me pull up, uh, on our discord, we have frequently asked questions and I started a document. With oh, the I answers. actually have,
2: I actually have that. I actually have that document saved. Cause I, I, there's uh... a
1: chance Because like, that's a question we get often. And
2: so there's a chance that it's on the, the dog. I have that FAQ because I'm like, I don't want to ask anything that's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's not on the FAQ
2: then? Uh, let me check. I can't remember actually. I, I do know. I, will, I It's funny. Um, one of my questions that I had, I, I had a question lined up about the title for uh, We Can be Tigers But No Crashing. Uh, but then I yeah. saw that was in the FAQ and I'm like, Damn! like, I thought that was, like, <laughs> a really, like, niche, like, question. Um, it's a good story.
1: Uh,
2: um, um, yeah, it doesn't look like there's anything in the FAQ okay. about about. I
1: know we've gotten that one on, uh, probably on Instagram or something before. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, maybe table for now, and if Matt ever is able to download and connect, <laughs> yeah. he'll be able to speak to some of the stuff that he's done.
2: Yeah.
0: Cool.
2: So next question uh, we have is uh, what bands influenced you the most uh, when you guys started out?
1: Um, so I think this is actually a good way to come back around to the EP versus the album. Cause we, yeah. you, you had said earlier like it's such a, a, a big change in sound mm. and I think that can be traced to sort of what we're um, listening to, Cause especially because the EP was very early on. And I think every band, especially like a teenage band, you're starting off by just trying, just trying to sound like bands you like. Mm. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. For us, with the EP, uh, by far the biggest goal of sounding like was um, a local band Monine um, okay. from Toronto at the time. I think they were on. Uh, oh, what did they end up? They are on one. Of, they got on one of those punk labels in the states. I forget which one. Um, but a few of their early albums, their small chairs, EP, and then mm. whatever their first full length was, is just they were like local scene legends. Yeah. Um, and the sort of guitar work that they did with their um, with the octaves, it just became sort of our goal yeah. sound. Mm-hmm. And, and and so I like, and that's part of the reason we have complicated feelings about the EP. Because even to us, like at the time we're like, yeah, this really does sound like Monin, we were proud of that. But now we're just like, we know what we were trying to rip off. Mm-hmm. And so when we listen to it now, like we, you know, we hear us <coughs> ripping somebody else off. Yeah. And, or at least in our minds, I'm sure like mm-hmm. there were things we did that, you know, made it our own a, a bit, but mm-hmm. we knew like, we, I, we have that feeling of knowing what, um, but mm-hmm. beyond Monin, big one at that time was Weezer as well. Yeah. uh those you yeah, know pinkerton blue album um yeah. and then weezer was just making their comeback at the time with the green mm-hmm. album and so that's what the lyrics of the first song on the ep are partly about um we used yeah. to like used to count on we used to you know just kind of being disillusioned by how disappointed we were with the comeback mm-hmm. uh, yeah i guess this is what happens when you get old sort of thing mm-hmm. um but then yeah and then so to compare that to the album um we just started uh, having a, a wider range of stuff we listened to. So Godspeed was a big one.
2: Oh, I love Godspeed. Uh, that sort of, yeah.
1: yeah, that. Um, I
2: mean, you can tell just, that with, the, with that, that intro song, like straight away, that post rock. Um, yeah, like yeah, and, and the Mogwai
1: yeah. there too, and like mm. explosion. So a lot of post rock. Um, but then locally too, like we can, you can, you can, you can sort of pinpoint a moment. Uh, We were in Montreal, um, uh, this is after the EP. It's one of the few tours we did outside of Toronto. Um, We were going to tour once in the East Coast and we crashed our van the day before tour. Uh, And then that was not long until the end of the band from there, I think. Um, But anyways, we did get out to Montreal for some shows uh, and Quebec City. Um, and the one show we played in Montreal randomly was with the Hot Hot Heat, who were just mass. This is right before they blew up, uh, because they, for for a few years in the 2000s they were just randomly with that one album, the biggest band in indie rock. Anyways, but there was another band opening, um, Rockets Red Glare, from Toronto, and even from Soundcheck, uh, we just couldn't believe what we were seeing. We had never seen a band play like that before. Yeah. None um, of
2: that bands mentioned in your, uh in the FAQ.
1: It's just because yeah. it was such a monumental moment where, like, we literally at that night after we played, we'd sit down in the van and we we're just looking at each other, being like, "Do we even, you know, carry on? Like, can we can we really match up to something like that?" Yes. <laughs> so Shit. yeah, and, and and so with them, it's a lot of like. I'd say it's. Post-punk sort of, um, but they're like all musical geniuses. So it just it just showed us that like these guys have such a unique sound. So whereas with the EP it was more just trying to emulate and get that moaning sound, whereas with the album it's like we saw this band that had such a unique, interesting voice that was unlike anything we'd heard before. So that's what we were trying to emulate—not their sound, but that endpoint of finding our own really unique spin yeah. on things that doesn't sound like anything else.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome.
1: Yeah, because it's um
2: one of the things like I've sort of yeah, like found most interesting was like yeah, so like you know that EP it is very it's very contemporary to emo at the time, whereas once you get to the album, it sounds a lot older like more, like, late 90s, like, kind of, um, kind of, like, stuff, um, yeah, and you can definitely, like, hear that, like, those influences, particularly, like, Godspeed, like, uh, Godspeed you, and, yeah, so, no, that's really good.
1: And a lot of that was also working with a producer, so the, Steve, um, the guy who, uh, the producer was recording the album with us, he's an old head, yeah, Matt had, uh, the, uh, Matt, one of Matt's other bands had recorded an EP with him, but he had worked with a lot of the... Um, some of the bigger bands in the 90s in Canada. Um, and I think he brought a lot of that old-school element to the recording. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in like the the way we wanted to be mixed, we wanted to be mixed with the... the lows were really lows and the highs are really high in terms of mm-hmm. the volume range. And that's not something you, you hear as much uh, with super compressed stuff, um, so, so yeah, we were definitely trying to bring in some elements of of stuff that we thought was a bit more, not necessarily of more just out of time like that would, would, you know, s- stand out yeah. as being interesting from any yeah. time
2: yeah it's um and yeah it's just bizarre like to hear your album and it's contemporary to like panic at the disco and my chemical romance and like (laughs) things like that it's just like like in 2023 it's like weird to think you know they're both emo from the same time but
1: yeah yeah but at that point we had like uh definitely not followed that path of emo Mm -hmm. like you said like it's just it it was going in a direction that wasn't really our personalities and that's yeah. fine so we we just sort of set out about trying to find our own thing yeah. so <clears throat> um next question we have was um probably
2: one you're probably sick of answering but what like what was your reaction to the rise like the the the, the new like the resurgence of this of the album like in the last two or three two or three years I'll never get sick of this, man. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> uh, I'm I'm the one who's like, I don't know. I've always wanted this to happen for the album because I just love. Yeah. like I'm 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 like the album super fan in the band. Like everybody else likes it, but yeah. I I I've always known that it could if it if it found an audience, that it could resonate. Like even like when we were having the discussions about um breaking up that happened right before we um um wanted to 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 record and so Mm -hmm. i was the compromise i struck with gary was like can we please these are really good songs i don't want to have made these for nothing like let's at least get them documented um and and then you know play a few final shows and and wrap this up properly and so that's what we did and i'm really glad we did um and i i don't know um and it's been fascinating to see honestly because you see like the whole time i'm like i've I've secretly hoped for this to happen and then drips and drops things would happen and try not to get my hopes up but i'd still like you know uh be fascinated to watch it as it's unfolded and so um, it's just been a really satisfying experience that like my, yeah my inner, my inner intuition that there's something there that's worth fighting to preserve, you know, over time is, as, mm-hmm. has found the audience that I, that I felt like would be mm-hmm. there for it.
2: Yeah. Um, no, that's, um, and it's a, yeah, it's like a really special thing, I think to have, have something like from so long ago, probably in your past to come back and gain a completely new life with completely new fan base and people that probably, like, you know, like, I was four years old when that album came out. Um, <laughs> yep. uh, people that, yeah, weren't around for the original run, I guess, to um, rediscover it. And because and it's like, it's crazy that it's, like, now the 10th highest rated emo album of all time. Um, you see,
1: that, that I never in a million years would have... Yeah, that's. I mean it, <laughs> I could think of 10, 10 out of 10 other ones um, yeah. but I don't know that's that's super cool and it's it, it, to, to speak to your age thing I think it's just like my theory is that there's just that age range where we were really trying to document the things we were going through at that time that yeah. sort of end of high school trying to figure out Life and and where you're going and the anxieties around that. That yeah. I think that's just it. Continually seems to like the people. I just occasionally we look at the new followers we get on Instagram. And it's always <laughs> that age range, right? Because I think that's just yeah. that's who the album speaks to. Because it was yeah. sort of what we were trying to capture in our own lives.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it looks like we've got <laughs> we got visuals from Matt. Is do we have audio? <laughs> Yeah, can you hear me? Woo! Yeah. We can. Let's go. We got there. We got there in the end. How's it going? Uh, I'm using
3: my partner's cell phone and a little up, but, uh, an iPhone yeah. 5. a little An iPhone 5?
2: Damn. Yeah.
3: It's
2: got to be. Uh, I,
3: disagree- right I
1: disagree
2: with everything. Marcus. is.
1: Right. Mark is <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I saw I saw you- go ahead. No, no. Oh. It's gonna make a joke that we're all about vintage gear with the iPhone five, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: And the trainer
1: um, head. so <clears throat> with um with Matt now
2: uh in the mix, uh, I just want to go back to the question about the popular tunings, um, and the and the main tunings that you guys sort of use. Tunings like yeah. our guitar, guitar uh, yeah,
3: uh. E A D G B
2: (laughs) I Standard
3: I don't think yeah uh, I I definitely never
2: didn't do anything anything crazy with it
1: no Uh, Gary would do drop D a lot that's the the, the furthest I got okay yeah yeah. that was the yeah
2: yeah
3: but nothing else
2: okay there you go um, so Matt, what kind of what kind of music do you listen to these days? Uh,
3: these days, good question. Um, I've been listening to like uh, there's a few a few bands from Canada. Uh, this band called Freak Heatwaves, uh, who just put out a, a new album, kind of like a psychedelic electronic. Band. What was that?
2: Freak Freak Heatwaves? Did you say?
3: Yeah, freak heat waves. Yeah, okay. they kind of have
2: like, oh yeah, I found them.
3: Weird, uh, like, sexy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but dan- dangerous kind yeah. of weird <laughs> vocals and.
2: Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. I've uh found their music. I'm gonna save that. Sounds cool. <laughs> Some like
3: freaky like, like stuff. Um. For for years, I've been going kind of doing listening to lots of. Uh, I got deep after Newfound, deep into like Frank Zappa and Captain Beefheart and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah.
2: And from yeah.
3: there, got into way a, bu- a bunch of like just that huge wave of um, like international uh, psychedelic compilations, like Afrobeat, mm-hmm. uh, okay. Southeast Asian psych stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys listen to any Australian, like any of the Australian psychedelic stuff? Like um, King Gizzard, Tame Impala? Uh,
3: Yeah, I made a... Tame Impala's Australian? What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I found a King Gizzard, uh, like one of their bootleg uh, record covers once, like a year (laughs) or two ago. It was pretty decent. I like that song. Uh, I I like the microtonal banana. My flying
2: microtonal
1: banana, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, yeah, obviously...
1: Eric put that out, right? Yeah. Yeah, so the same label that did the uh, Newfound reissue, he put out one of the bootlegs of the King Gizzard. Yeah,
2: awesome. Yeah, The um, actually, speaking of physical releases for Newfound as well, sorry, another question I had was um, the CD. Like, that was, you know, it's got the whole sort of handmade thing going on. What was the, what was the sort of... It's the only release I've ever seen that's kind of like that. Like, what was the uh, decision... Black behind that.
3: Um, I think I think a big part of our band was just uh like just the DIY like do yourself of like you know, we wanted to put out um like we we wanted to put out a seven inch uh seven inch split. We just like looked up how to do it, uh and uh you know, contacted people and sent our money away and got the records back. Uh, same thing with like, oh, we should make like T-shirts. Like, how do you make yeah. T-shirts? Oh, the thing called screen printing It's like, okay, well, we'll screen print it, you know, uh, learn how to do that. Uh, yeah. So it was kind of like that mentality. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going to put an album together and, uh, you know, it was something that, that uh, clearly, you know, that was pretty special uh, to us and, uh, we wanted to make it as special as possible. Yeah. Um, there, there's, there's definitely like an air an, uh, of that type of thing um, mm. in the early 2000s of people making kind of like handmade packaging and okay. uh, yeah. often with like
1: CDRs
2: and stuff like that. Yeah. So just I,
1: just
2: I, <clears throat> oh, sorry, now you go.
1: Just to give two quick examples that I think influenced us in that the Constantines, their first album. They had some handmade packaging before they got picked up by Sub Pop, and they had um, yeah. with this they used like a matchstick in 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 their uh, inside their handmade packaging, and then Godspeed yeah. too for their first yeah. record they included the a penny with each each one that was run over by the train that went behind their studio, so it's a bent penny. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, so stuff like that really resonated with us, mm. and we sort of tried to run with yeah. it. True, yeah, so d- yeah, just just
2: for some context, Rick, um, the, their album, um, it comes in, like, a cardboard... Like, if you buy the CD, it comes in, like, a cardboard uh, little slipcase that's, like, been stamped by the band and uh, numbered, like, 1 to 500. And, like, it has, like, little cut out of, like, that. the lyrics and um, stuff like that. It's uh, r- really cool. Um, but, I still want yeah. to hear that because
0: I feel like uh, with a lot of... Uh, stuff like that that feels like special like oh making a CD and vinyl and stuff it's so easy but it loses a lot of that you know the actual artists mm. interacting with it so I, I think that's really badass that you know a yeah. legendary band is still keeping that up after their album still has that reissued everything. what was the first like domino in like in actually getting that to happen because over 10 years is a pretty large gap
1: you mean the reissue? yeah yeah
3: I It was. I mean, honestly, I actually. Okay, if I may. uh, Yeah, I think the the first. uh, The first like, it's yeah, it's been about almost almost 10 years that since it kind of like started to like it was like it was a real slow build. It started Mm -hmm. with um, uh, somebody reviewed reviewed the album on like AllMusic.com or something, and Mm -hmm. then also. we, I, I'd start. I had the CD on Discogs, um, just there because why not? You know, maybe somebody will eventually want to, would be interested in it. Uh, and I started, then I started selling, selling it, and then I, saw, I put up another one, and I sold that one, and I so I started looking into it, and I saw uh, that band, uh, "The World Is a Beautiful Place," and I'm no longer afraid to die. Yeah.
1: yeah they, to band
3: like blog interview had like name checked us, and mm. think that that might have been like as like an influence. Um, I guess somehow in the long name department at least.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: But but essentially, like that was kind of like the first thing I saw <clears throat> outside of it. And then like I don't know, a couple years later, I was on tour with the uh, with one with one of my bands and. Somebody in Calgary was like, "Oh, you, you know, I loved your band. Yo, check it out. My friend got a, a tattoo of your album cover on like a sleeve, uh, on his arm." And I was like, "Whoa, that's interesting." It's like all these things kept coming up, and then uh, yeah, selling records, records like like a CD a week, and then a couple of labels started reaching out to us, the reissuing. We're like, "Man, man, maybe," and then it yeah, it was just kind of like a yeah, mm. snowballed in some ways. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, because I noticed, like, and then the record, like, the vinyl pressing, like, sold out and um, everything, which is crazy.
3: Yeah, they re- they actually repressed more copies because the initial pressing was, uh, yeah, sold out so quickly. Yeah. What,
2: yeah, what made
0: nah. you, uh, like, say no at first to uh, labels reaching out?
3: um i don't know i guess
1: uh, uh, I'd, I'd say uh, it had to do with like just see feel like just like if it felt like a good match if it felt like the right time when in our when we're talking about it does it really feel like mm-hmm. we should be putting this out um mm-hmm. so it took a while for us to to get there and then to the different labels that had reaching out, just didn't seem like the right one in terms of, ones in terms of other bands in the label we right, listened right, through. Right. And it just didn't, just finding one that felt like a natural fit. Cause we just didn't want to just jump at the, uh, at the first one. And yeah, just trying to get another mm-hmm. band on their label. Yeah. yeah. Or just trying to find one that seemed like a natural home mm-hmm. to do it.
3: Yeah. And there must- was like, Wanted to put out a cassette, and we're like, meh. And then and it was also once the CDs started, we started getting kind of low on the CD stock. We're like, okay, yeah. you know, there's clearly interest in people, you know, we don't want to be like super presumptuous that we're gonna like get the old band back together and re release this record, you know.
1: Yeah. Um,
3: but but yeah, once we were down to like maybe like less than 100 copies, and like, okay, we've been selling one for like you know. One at least one a month to one week for the last couple of years. Maybe there you know, mm. maybe there are people who would be interested. And we didn't put it out in vinyl because uh, at the time because it kind of wasn't. Uh, people weren't. It was like a little bit cost prohibitive and people weren't doing it yeah. as much. Mm. So we're like, okay, now that there's like there was three labels that we're like, okay, we can get these three labels to kind
2: of like coordinate and put it out and yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, <clears throat> I was also wondering, um, about the, the, the walking sort of spoken word nah. parts in between like each song. Like, that's probably like one of my favorite parts of the album. Cause I just think it really like, really, uh, grounds you like in the world of the album. Um, and I was just wondering like how you guys sort of did that and like what it sort of means. And so that's my baby.
1: <laughs> um if it, yeah. if it, honestly these these were arguments we had as a band where i uh in a dream in, in my dream that'd be audible underneath the whole album any sort of quiet parts you'd be able to hear that underneath but we, we found a compromise that worked for everybody um yeah. but to go back to the origin of it for me um because like we talked about earlier i'm not like necessarily um super talented musically, but I'm, I'm a big conceptual guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, I feel that. I feel that. so one of the big influences that I have, we haven't mentioned yet, uh, microphones are a big one for us, um, yep. slash Mount Erie. And on one of his albums mm-hmm. is the first I'd ever uh, heard of the idea that if you turned up one of his albums in the gaps between songs, you could hear the sounds of a tugboat that he recorded. Um, okay. The, from near his house and that, that sort of planted that seed in my mind. And I started to think, well, we have these songs. What would I put underneath that would be fitting for these collection of songs? And mm-hmm. I even went so far as to, like um, me and a couple of friends, Le Comte, uh, that's for Matt, we went, we went into some fields. We lived suburban uh, Toronto and I, I recorded him screaming, running across the field. And then we listened to it later and it sounded like complete trash. Uh, so I'm like, this yep. this isn't it. So I had that thought on my mind, uh, and I was driving around one night um, listening to the uh, Canadian national broadcaster, uh, and uh, there was a show called Ideas, it's still on the air, and they were profiling a, um, a composer, uh, I think his name is Richard Ives, uh, who did yep. a lot of really interesting stuff with orchestras. And one of the things that he did was he loved the idea of a parade and the way parades sounded as they passed you by. So he composed a symphony that's supposed to mimic the sound of the instruments getting closer and then receding. Um, And that really resonated with me and seemed like a natural Mm -hmm. overlap with the album. Yeah. Um, So then I had the thought of... Well, he's composing that for a symphony that's sitting on a stage, and they're increasing their volume and decreasing their volume as they play. Um, But what if we recreated that physically with recording, where um, either the band is walking away, or what we ended up settling on is the band is stationary, so it was all our friends playing instruments. Um, And uh, us with the field recording or camcorders, walked away from them to create yep. that effect of, of the sound um, slowly disappearing. Mm. And then once I had that idea, I'm like, well, we can keep going with it. We can then have them join us and record conversations. Yep. So I just mm. I just went crazy with it, especially like I'd have those long bus rides to see my wife and uh, uh, my girlfriend at the time in Western. So I'd just be sitting on the bus for two hours waiting to see her and mapping out these ideas for what we, yeah. could, we could have on that field recording. And then when it actually came to do it, um, that's where my lack of musical skill came into play. And I'm like, I have all these ideas. And, and Matt, I remember sitting in Moshe's living room and Matt's like, okay, what notes are these people playing? And I'm like, I hadn't thought about that. So, yeah. so <laughs> that's where everybody else helped out and we were able to find something yeah. that worked. And it, 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 yeah, I'm still really, really... Yeah. Uh, so who, who is it? Who is it? Like
2: there's someone very prominently that you can hear talking, going like, Oh, it's it's spontaneity. That's so who's me. who's that? <laughs> That's you.
1: Yeah. That's me just yeah. like being the cheerleader trying to coach people. Yeah, I was yeah. wondering, yeah, I was I gonna yeah, ask if they was a part where, you where
0: they're like, Wait, it's right it. recording now? Yeah, this is recording. This is it.
2: Yeah. This <laughs> is Yeah, yeah. No, because oh.
3: oh, I was I was just gonna add to what Mark was saying is that you, you can really, you can hear kind of his, uh, him trying to get those ideas out and people being like super, super tired and being like, wait, what is, like what are we doing? And he's like, no, no, no like, just, just like, trust me. I've got an idea. Like we're doing it right <laughs> I now. I love how that translates. yeah, so too. many, yeah, yeah, so many of those things and those little moments, those like, uh, like the, the whole, yeah, this is, this is part of it, you know, mm-hmm. that, becomes yeah. like a, um oh, representative absolutely. Of what I mean,
2: like I think it really meta, ties. Yeah. I think it really ties everything together because I um, even before I had heard, like listened to Newfound Interest, it's something I do in my music. Um, like uh, I have a friend that I record music with. Um, and on one of our songs, um, I re- I got a clip recording of her saying oh, that was really bad, uh, and so I left that in the song. Um, and so the song finishes and then you hear my friend go, oh, that was awful. Um, and yeah, just like, so I'm all, I was already a big fan of stuff like that. And, um, and that's why it was really cool to like hear that, like in the album. And yeah, it's Um,
3: nice to have those like artifacts and like slices of life, especially, especially now, uh, when, or when it's like so easy to make everything. Mm. Absolutely
2: sterling, perfect sounding. And yeah, let's see if I um, do
1: that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I um I'm a because I'm a big like I'm really into hiking um as well um and I think it's really cool like having the footsteps and stuff. It really makes it easy to imagine that you're like walking through like this dark like landscape, like frozen landscape, like while listening to the album. And,
1: it wasn't um, frozen, but it was very dark. We did it in the summer, yeah. but it was on like some back okay. road. Yeah, uh, north of the city um, on the gravel and by some like apple mm. farms so like in, in yeah. it was in the middle of the night too we wanted to pick somewhere where the, we didn't get the cops called on us yeah uh, okay
2: <laughs> yeah awesome no it's um probably like yeah one of the most unique touches um on the album I think that really uh, like it's more something like that would be like in a black metal album than like an emo album <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, I, I, I want to ask because in terms of like the overall concept of the album, I think that really helps because the in general it's very interpretive because the instruments take, feel like takes the spotlight more than the vocals. Like sometimes there's entire songs without even any lyrics, and I, I want to know like how, how what kind of why what went into that decision to being more of an instrumental album uh, as a whole for the concept.
1: You want to go, Matt? Um, <clears throat> since you're the singer, no. No. <laughs> I
3: mean, we we Mark and I really worked uh like the the lyrics. I mean, uh, basically, we like we had so, Most of the songs had uh, had like maybe like a vocal vocal line, but not so much lyrics. Mm. Uh, and but then Mark came with with lyrics. And, kind of like put most of his in with mine and i'm changed my like uh my melodies around and stuff but as far as like songs being instrumental mostly instrumental i mean i think in general we we thought of and and i think i I still do think of uh of vocals and vocals as like one other instrument, not the like you know the cherry on on top or something. Mm. Um, so whether whether something has lyrics with no vocals or not, not necessarily. Uh,
2: and I know this
3: Mark, as far as I uh, I
1: was just gonna add, just conceptually, like um, the album wasn't written in like. Uh, with a plan for this, you know, let's write this song that's gonna start off the album. We just wrote a bunch of songs and then pieced them together. Mm. And mm-hmm. so when we're writing a song like Matt was saying, it was more of a focus of being like, our vocals gonna add something to this song that we feel like this song needs? Like the same thing with any other, like with some songs we added, um, some horn parts or some uh, viola parts because it felt like the song needed that and so um, we just would use our judgment from song to song being like does this feel like a song where vocals are going to add something that makes the song better and if it yeah. did then we would tr- matt and i would try to matt would come up with some vocal lines and i'd give him some lyric ideas and we would work together from there um, and then for an overall concept of the album that was more patched together later from what all those pieces we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we
3: started seeing things fitting together, and we're like, "Oh, may, how can we fit these together in the way that these ones kind of like work yeah. as, a, as a structure." It I was always find weird. that
0: part of the process being like weirdly fulfilling. It feels like it was like it's there the whole time. I just needed to to make it a materialistic first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was
3: just like a you know a couple extra practices and a, just a little bit more effort to be like, okay, this song. Oh, what if we do, like, do this drum, like, a drum solo type thing, like, and then we'll come in on it, because it's in a different key or something. There's, like, mm-hmm. those couple extra practices to think of those, like, ideas on top of the songs to make it kind of a bigger thing, uh, mm-hmm. With which was what I th- I, I really appreciated. It. And I, I think it comes out in it.
2: Um... I was also wondering as well, like the lyrics on the album, they're quite abstract. Uh, I was just like wondering whether that was like a, like an intentional thing or whether that's just sort of how it came out.
1: Well, it's, I don't know. It's 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 hard to say. I think it's very similar to what we were saying before in that for us um like we were saying the vocals are just another instrument but hmm. the purpose of all instruments is to evoke a certain feeling yeah um and so we knew the feelings for each song we were going for um yeah. but then it varied from song to song versus how concrete of an idea was behind it hmm. um, so I could, I, don't know, I like in my mind, I know the different themes I was in and me and Matt were going for with most songs, but I don't think at any point we, um, was ever a goal for us to be, um, create something that's straightforwardly yeah. about that. It's more mm-hmm. that do these words when song with the music get you to that feeling that relates to the theme we're trying oh, to go yeah. for here. Definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know.
3: I mean, I've had, you know, the, um, the fortune of living through it and perspective, but to me, they're not abstract at all. I feel like I really understand. I mean, everything. Well,
2: yeah. And cause like, was, I suppose like, you know what I mean? like, like, like when I say it's like abstract, like for example, so like the lyrics for, okay, you can be tigers, but no crashing. Like they're like you, you. read them, and you can kind of, like you know, like 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 you were saying, Mark. Like the words get, like get you to the feeling that the song is intending. But there's also like a little bit of like ambiguity, and it's like, like some of the like, like we will come to pass and find ourselves so farewell. Um, where we come from was where we go home. Like you know, like it. It's the vibe is there and everything, but you know, it's a little bit like uh like the meaning is a little bit more ambiguous, I guess.
1: I, I always um, think that, Mac, you told me once about like the perfect pop songs are just these things that can be, that sound specific, but if you actually think about it are just the most general statements possible. Hmm. I forget what your example was. It was just something like tonight's the night and we're gonna be doing it right. Just like I don't know, I, you had a, you had a better example than that. It was, like it, where it, it sounds specific, but when you actually dig into it, it can mean mm. anything. And so that's what, I, I I totally agree with you when you're saying that Matt. That um, to me, like I know like literally who and what those lyrics are about. But in writing them, I I don't know. I think on some level, I'm trying to keep it open because if I make it too specific, about. The things in my life
2: oh absolutely yeah
1: it doesn't let people bring their resonate, own um resonate with perspective into it
2: yeah so that's I, I think that's absolutely like yeah you're so right like for example like i don't know are you guys into nick cave and the bad seeds at all
1: yeah he's an amazing yeah. Uh, lyricist
2: yeah so like his his last album ghostine um, like, you know, that album is very specifically about his son's death, but the lyrics from that album can be extrapolated to any situation where you're dealing with loss or grief or, um, anything and like a,
1: that. Such a, um, tight rope to walk, because yeah. if you make it, you still want it to have meaning and impact, um, because if you go too general and you become too, you become that that pop song parody of not meaning anything at all. You just yeah. saying oh, that sound cool. Um, <clears throat> so it's 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 yeah. It's it doesn't always work, and it's a hard thing to pull off. So that's why I like people like Nick Cave. I really respect mm. when they're able to to to, to do that. But yeah.
2: Easy. But um. But yeah. Like I, I, and I and I suppose like one of my favorite things about like your album is that the lyrics are. Like you can read into them and you can find the meaning, but I, yeah, I feel like they're just like <laughs> ambiguous enough that you can sort of have a few questions and like find your own meaning, um, like within the music.
1: I think a, a good analog um, or, or metaphor for it. Um, so both Matt's in the band went to art school. Yep. Uh, the other Matt who's not here, Matt Doherty, went for photography. And one of his um, one of his main modes of photography, he was uh, especially into at that time. But still, he he still does it today with his photography. He'll take pictures that are um, quite blurry, and yeah. blurred to the point where you can kind of make out the shape of what it is. Um, but in losing the shape, it brings out a lot more of the emotions. And that's sort of exactly mm-hmm. the same sort of thing we were going for the lyrics, just like. You get the shape of it and the feel enough that you can identify with it, but then you can also uh, read into the ambiguity yourself.
0: Yeah, so the, and that interpretiveness even extends to the song titles, which I think is it's it's yeah. very interesting how there's like it's just like little statements being thrown out. And I want to know like is that because these like the separated songs through connected Same, are they supposed to be one longer song or you know what went into the titles? Because I, I I really like them.
1: I I don't know, I I think it's a a lot of it was, that was the work of, sort of, after the fact, trying to connect stuff (laughs) sorry, I just saw that Jeff in the chat (laughs) Uh, uh, it was where, it then comes back to to that, like, Matt was saying a lot of the lyrics weren't written, it's all good Um, and so so we had a bit more openness. Like, we'd have pet names for songs. Like, the first song we always called Computers. Mm. Um, just because that was just sort of a, a feel to some of the guitar parts. But then, I don't know, again, it the, comes back to those long bus rides where I would have that nugget and I knew that song was going to connect to two other songs. And I liked the idea of all three songs becoming. Um, you put the titles together they make a sentence so then I, I had I I wanted a sentence that started with computers and went to somewhere else interesting where each part mm. was a could you stand alone as a unique title but all together would make a, a sentence like that mm. so that kind of became the goal with each of those groups of three can we take the pieces that we have and turn them into sentences of some kind mm.
0: no I love that I think it's a very very unique concept yeah. I, I don't know I just I don't really see see that much if people want to do like a, a sentence in a title they'll just throw a sentence in the title uh, <laughs> I, and I, I, I love how it just you know again the concept of the like interpretive is just on every level I think it's it's really cool how thought and, out it was whether or not it was before or after the fact you guys made and because
2: I, I think it connects as well with the fact like I think often with the uh, with the album it's difficult to tell where one song finishes and one song sort of starts uh, and I think having the titles connect like that like sort of adds to that. Um, so yeah, uh, the titles definitely I think one of the most evocative um, evocative parts of the album for me for sure. Um, and who did the album on? Uh, that was me. Yeah. Yeah, how did you how did you do it? What is it? <laughs> um,
3: I I I mean, I came up with the idea <clears throat> through like uh, images from encyclopedias and collaging yeah. like that, um, and kind of came up with the idea of the the packaging. Um, mm-hmm. I got uh got Doherty to do all the lettering, like the typography, yeah. mm-hmm. um. I wasn't that good at screen printing at the time, so we got a, this guy to screen print it. But then, yeah. once it came time to like actually put it all together, cut it out, uh, we we made stamps for it. I made two two stamps. Uh, we also watercolored like the front and on the inside, yeah. mm. and sewed it together, and then all the folding and stuff. We had like a bunch of sessions uh, in my parents' basement just putting together, but. Mm.
2: Yeah, nice. Um, and another question, um, that someone had. Um, so um, yesterday, um, I was talking with one of my friends, um, about it, and they sort of noted. So I noticed, um, Mark, you said it's you and Matt mostly that do all the like that do these kinds of things, and then um, I had a friend who I mentioned that to, and he was sort of his question was um like why that's the case hmm.
1: I mean I think I from I could speaking for myself uh I mean I think a lot of his personality I'm a teacher I like talking to groups of people yep. I have I'm probably the biggest cheerleader for the album in the band <laughs> so I love yep. doing stuff like this to to, to keep it going and mm. In, in that sort of thing um yeah the other guys newfound. sorry
0: i was just gonna say new keep that interest newfound.
1: yeah <laughs> um but yeah I and mean, then i don't think the other guys like the uh, necessarily the the interview anxiety that can come with it i think mm. i can't really speak for them i know matt the other Matt Matt Doherty was talking about he just did he just moved. So yeah. he was thinking that he might have done this one, but the the move kind of took okay. up too much of his energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, Matt? Yeah.
3: Um yeah, I guess it's Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Mark Mark threw it in our in our WhatsApp group, uh, for anybody who was interested, but Um it's not that they're not interested, it's just yeah, maybe it's mm. A little bit of shyness, uh, or just a little bit
2: of yeah. like, yeah. I don't
3: know. We are, yeah. I guess I, we, I would I would say that I'm I'm pretty pretty close up there as as far as a champion uh, of the record. It's
2: <laughs> yeah, it's
3: mm-hmm. something special that we're a part of, and I still super yeah. proud of it, and and uh, and just so like overwhelmingly um, uh, honored that that, that yeah, people no. are listening. To it and thinking about it in the ways that we, like, we built it, hoping that somebody would, would make, you know, making, hoping that people would feel this way, ask these questions, and yeah, um, yeah, I would never get of to talk about like, it. Yeah. You know, I'm still making music now, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Do any That's of your sorry, students know? Like... <laughs>
3: okay.
1: Yeah, it's always a fun thing where it at least in the past couple of years, I, I don't bring it up, but then I, I also, and the sort of teacher that can get sidetracked easily and distracted and pulled off in tangents. So occasionally, usually about once a semester comes up, and the kids sort of roll their eyes now and, and then. But then one kid will look at the Spotify monthly listen, and then they'll go, "Whoa!" and it <laughs> starts going crazy. So it's always a fun day. Um, yeah. And then but then you'll get the like i had a couple i taught some grade 12s for the first time this year and then there was uh one kid being like my friend in the states listens to you all the time he just freaked out when i told him uh <laughs> that's the yeah. first time something like that happened and that was pretty cool because he was like he was struck uh
2: um hey matt also did you want to drop the links to your active projects in in the chat
3: yeah sure um i'm actually playing bass in in gary from we found is a band right now
2: uh, yeah mark mentioned that earlier are you guys recording
3: yeah, what were
1: those uh studio pictures
3: um yeah 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 we, we have some recordings done um, um,
2: also mark i've seen you're a bit of a knock knock joke enthusiast
1: ah <laughs> that's a poll Wow! Uh, what
2: what are some uh, what are some of your some of your favorite knock knock jokes?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, this is one that um came out in a sleepover, like last weekend. When my son's friends pulled it. Out. It was a great one. Knock knock.
0: Yeah.
1: Who's there? Who's there? Europe. Europe who? Europe. Oh, what <laughs> are you calling a that's a good one. That's, a, good that's one.
2: a classic. I know that. Yeah
1: i hadn't heard that one before
2: that's a classic um, yeah that's about, that's actually the joke i was going to come into this into this uh <laughs> th- this discord re- this radio show with um that's my favorite that's my personal favorite knock kind of joke
1: uh, oh that's great yeah i don't know that was a a weird time where before i i, t- I before i got full-time into teaching i i did want to i did do a lot of writing They did put out that one compilation of knock-knock jokes, but that's... (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I don't even know if I can remember any from that. It feels like another lifetime ago.
2: Yeah, Um, and um, you're into Ultimate Frisbee as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I coached at my school. Um, So, uh, but then now with the pandemic... So I used to play Ultimate Frisbee all the time. I played at U of T. I played a bit competitively, but then with the pandemic, that all sort of stopped. And so... Through the pandemic, I've gotten into disc golf now, and disc golf's my big thing, because I can yeah. play it by myself, and it's... Though occasionally we'll play with Matt, we'll get together and th- we'll play some holes. It's happened a yeah. few times. Awesome. Uh, do you, um... Do either of you guys have,
2: like, a write-your-music account or anything where you review music at all?
1: Review? No, I... I in a... I don't know. If I had time I
2: could I, I, yeah. I, uh, no, I was, yeah. I was just, I, I do just enjoy wondering. reviewing music. No a lot of <clears throat> a lot of I know it's become like really popular. Um Rate Your Music has become like a really popular um website. So was so, so you guys don't uh, what's, Rate Your uh, Music? What's his? Rate okay. Your Music?
1: Oh Rate um, Your Music, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay.
2: Yeah. I know, um, that's, that's, I think one of the main avenues when you found Blue Up, um, was through Rate Your Music, um, because that's where it's one of the top ranked, um, emo albums, um, and, um, that website, um, yeah, like there's a, there's some rappers called JPEG Mafia, uh, and Danny Brown, and, um, they actually released some merch, um, that was a screenshot of their, their (laughs) album's rating, um, on Rate Your Music, (laughs) Um, which was pretty funny, but um, but yeah, if that's a really good website for um, yeah, you can just like rate music out of five um and write reviews and stuff. Um, yeah, we've read so I've I've read a bunch yeah.
1: of our reviews yeah. of our album.
2: Yeah, it's been <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um,
1: it is interesting uh, though, because I grew up like reading Pitchfork every day. Mm. Like this is from two thousand onwards. Um, and I still will check it occasionally, but like, it's interesting to think, uh, some of the choices I was making on the album was with the thought of like, uh, what can I do to get a higher potential pitchfork score? Like mm-hmm. that was in the back of my mind somewhere cause I'd read so many reviews of pitchfork growing up. Yeah. I knew the sorts of things that could play well. And we never did get a Pitchfork review, which still irks me. <laughs> so uh, like, that, this maybe is, this maybe, is it. I failed I it all maybe,
0: perfectly.
2: Maybe they'll um, one day do a classics week or something. <laughs>
1: um,
2: because I know, like, like right now, like, so your album—it's the twentieth highest-rated album of two thousand and five, um, which is
1: kind of crazy what else came out in 2005 man
2: um, so so number one album that year was uh illinois by sufjan Stevens. okay yeah you can uh, uh pretty
1: good record right there right? late <laughs> registration right. by yes. kanye, yeah
2: <laughs> late registration by kanye west um demon days by gorillas um <laughs> i think we clear that i was
0: no, i was about yeah. to say yes, I, think, yes. I, think I
2: think i think you i think
0: i would rate it higher than the than the gorillas
2: but, but yeah, like albums that you guys are above include uh, Boards of Canada. Um, right. Ross, Venetian Snares, System of a Down. Oh, that's true. Uh, System
0: of a Down. That's a W.
2: Yeah, there's some pretty, pretty notable albums there that you guys are rated higher than. <laughs> but yeah, I love like, I could literally lose hours scrolling through rate right, your music, honestly. Kind of a, kind of a problem. I just love like looking at like random years and just looking at like oh, what are the like highest rated albums that year. Um. Whatever. But um. Anyway. Good way to. Um. Yeah. I, I think uh, that's pretty much. I think I've gone through all the questions. Gone through all my questions. Rick, do you have anything else that you? Uh,
0: I mean, like a lot of the questions I had and stuff are just woven through the conversation. So. Mm.
2: Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah, we do have another segment of our show that we have to get through, but um, thank you so 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 much for coming on here and no, it's an honor. Um, chatting with us, it's been awesome. I could honestly sit here for another three hours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, we really 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 appreciate it. Um,
1: thank uh, you guys. For you, um, time. you should drop uh, Moshe's solo link as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But thanks, guys. No, this is a blast.
2: Yeah, no, really, really appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, you guys being open to this. And, um, I, actually, one last thing. Like, have you guys ever actually, because this, you know, this server is kind of uh, very based around Connecticut because Don McLennan is from Connecticut.
1: Have you guys ever been? I yes. have not. Matt, have your tours ever taken you through?
3: Yeah, we played in um, uh, I don't know a town outside Hartford.
2: Yeah,
3: um, driven through a
1: lot, but I think we've only played yeah. one show in all the years.
2: Yeah, right. There you go. Interesting.
1: Cool. Gary never met his highest, his his uh, ICQ girlfriend. <laughs>
2: oh.
0: It never
1: happened.
2: Yeah, she went to it. She got to another school.
1: She was she was in Connecticut. And we were in Toronto. Yeah. Hey. Uh, yeah. There you go. The awesome. online, online love. <laughs> oh, I'm just
2: paying p- cool. all this. Cool,
1: yeah,
0: I, you. You. I don't care, thanks. No, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. Right now. It, it, this was an awesome conversation. I I, I love the insight and I, I'm happy yeah, to one see of you my guys like still talking about the album many, many years yeah. afterwards. That's got to be- Especially, just a
2: you know, it's my personal pick for best emo album of all time. Um. Like, I actually, I, like, posted on my Instagram account a few months back, like, recommending it to, like, all of my followers and everyone. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, well, we thank you. It, yeah.
3: Well, sorry for the technical right. difficulties.
2: Oh,
0: <laughs> <nah>. <laughs> no worries.
2: Yeah. No, nah, no. Nah. It was, again, it was good just to get you on for that last part there. So, so right. yeah. Cool. Well, you
0: guys have a great rest of your night. Thank you for joining the Neighborhood Radio.
3: Thanks so much.
2: Thank you. See ya.
0: Take care. You as well. Thank you.
2: All right. All right. That was uh, Mark and Matt from Newfound Interest in Connecticut. Uh, that was amazing. That was the best thing of all time. Um, <laughs> I'm like Shen.
0: fan. And fan I got the, the recording worked. I watched Netflix, but it didn't block it this time. So I didn't disappoint you. You can. Yeah this is recording everyone yeah. will be able to listen to the yeah. first part if you missed any of it uh i'll try to get this out by the weekend yeah
2: no you're right was that is a moment of history we got one of the most acclaimed emo bands of all time on the neighborhood radio like what they were great too yeah them? they were like yeah really easy to talk to great insights in like and um